That's why Duggan uh, is the mayor. You know, people didn't go out and vote. I was trying to find out if he was living in the mansion. You know, which Charlie told me he wasn't, so I put a private eye to find out if he was. No bullshit news. It's a big corruption umbrella. Okay. And what he is, this is a white justice and black justice. I could live 10,000 lifetimes and never live up to the name of the Honorable Coleman Young. It's hard when we, we pay our taxes, our property taxes and everything, and it gets turned around and put into for development profit. No bullshit news. Let's take her out of the next intro. She's boring. All right, we'll update that. All right, Bobby. It's Wolfman Bob Shadowbauer. <laughs> hey, Karen Dumas. Hey, Charlie LaDuff. And I would say hey Karen. to Silent Joe the Mannequin over there, but he's... Oh, he waved. I wasn't sure if that was a sheen of dust from last week. So on this week's show, it's jam-packed. It's making me nervous. It's, to- it's officially summer, so it's hot. What do you mean it's hot? That was good, Bob. I don't know. What, what the hell was that? What does that mean? It's not even <laughs> hot outside. The show is hot. The it's show just- is hot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you got a career in rock radio, dude. Good. Uh, anyway, uh, coming up on today's show, uh, John Stewart went ballistic and viral this week with the shaming of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who failed to act to extend the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund. That pays out claims for death and illness related to the attack, and it's running out. So joining us today is my old friend, uh, Marion Fontana, a widow of firefighter Dave Fontana, who died that day and who was among the initial people uh, that drove the, to the establishment of this fund. Old friend of mine. That should I, be interesting, I Charlie. covered Ground Zero majority of days that year. And it's never left you. Oh, you know, I was talking about it. We had a charity lunch today, uh, a listener to Drew and us, and real cool dude, psychiatrist. <laughs> and I, I, I never, I'm fucked up over it. You know, I know what everybody thinks, like just get over it. Life moves on, and it does move on, but... It but it ain't that easy. But you take it with you as well. I yeah, mean, yeah, look, it's more than just uh, first responders. John Stewart's really representing first responders. But I'm going to be honest with you. The, the people that did the majority of that work every day were iron workers and operating engineers who, you know, the, the bulldozers and the backhoes and the laborers. The cleaning it up, you guys. Know, you know, I don't remember... And that pile, seeing a urinal or a toilet or a doorknob, they got obliterated. They were vaporized. That was all in the air. And we'd just be down there working, looking, smoking cigarettes. Reporters, a couple of us were there, photographers. So Marion will join us. And it always brings, I guess that's why I'm feeling fucked up today. You're entitled, Charlie. Go ahead. Um. Also, the gotcha. southern border is swamped with migrants trying to get in the U.S. in numbers never seen before. So our old friend Chris Cabrera with the National Border Patrol Council is going to give us his view from the ground. And uh, Chicken Joe, the intern, riled up the barnyard this week at the ethics trial <laughs> of Wayne County Treasurer the Eric Sabri. He did rile Bob, him up. Bob, you listened to the footage. He riled him up good. Did he? Joe's, he did a getting, good job. Joe's getting better, though. He, he is. He, he's, I, he's listening, Charlie. I think Joe's the only reporter even covering that. Yeah. They're gonna try, they, somebody may try to steal him from you, Charlie. I hope so. I hope, because that's the point. Because anybody with a heart can do the job, right? You have some brains in the heart. And no fear. That's especially it. And you know who you're working for. It's true. The people. 
That's, that's it. It's kind of getting lost, isn't it? Well, first, let me tell you about American Coney Island. How about that? Nice segue. Celebrating 102 years, it is Detroit's oldest family-run restaurant and birthplace of the famous Detroit Coney Dog with chili, mustard, and Vidalia onions. It's my personal favorite. That's no bullshit. You want a dog before you go to the ball game? Head down to the corner of Lafayette Michigan Avenue. Can't miss it. It's the red, white, and blue building shaped like a slice of pie, smack dab in the middle of downtown. Always delicious. Always open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The dogs snap when you bite them, and the chili is a 100-year-old family recipe made especially for the American Coney dog, and the beer is cold. Visit Detroit's uh, restaurant or the one in the D Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas or the Detroit Zoo where they also sell beer. They got beer at all of them. You can order a Coney kit. Yeah, they got it in Vegas, nice. dude. And I would know that. Probably hookers, too. <laughs> oh, oh, Charlie, don't say that. <laughs> say what I want. It's no bullshit. <laughs> Order a Coney Island kit straight to your hooker's door or oh, a friend's door. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. How about a hooker and a hot dog? <laughs> hot dog! That sounds like a promo to me. Hot dog! Grace, you can take that one. <laughs> Maybe you're a big-time city official who can travel with your entourage on the city's dime. Maybe you can hook up your girlfriend with government contracts or 12 dozen appointees making more than $100,000 a year. Wow. Yes, that is breaking news. Wow. But if you're not among the downtown elite who can make your pal's pockets fat off the taxpayer's back, you're going to have to provide for your own retirement and all of theirs as well, because I didn't even add in the benefits, Joey. We're broke, bro. If you have questions whether you're on the right track, if you don't want to be broke, I'm telling you for real, call financial specialist Luke Nowacki. Call Luke. I mean, for real. 248-663-4748. He kindly offered to pay for all of Joe's glasses. Oh, great. But Very nice. Matt Riley also offered to pay for I was going to say, because I donated to that fund uh, right. for the fundraiser that's right. coming up. Uh, so Joe will have two pair of glasses. And the that's dear fun. listener sent 300 bucks in for Joe's eyeglasses. So what we're going to do, dear oh, listener, thank you. is Joe went on Facebook and said he's given up on love. He's giving up on love. Not because not, he never had it. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I think what we need to do. Get him a hooker and a hot get dog. Get him a hooker and a hot is, dog. <laughs> listen, if, if you would like, we're going to do a dating game for Joe. We're going to get him a date. Take that 300 bucks. And let him go to dinner. Take out a nice, nice, you know, woman. Take it to American Coney Island. Right on. Well, you know, that's more like a lunch. Like, okay, maybe that's better. We'll have dinner. We'll have, maybe we'll have Grace set lunch. up the table and, you know, put candles like they do for Valentine's Day. It's, it's a start. You don't want to spend your money on a first date if it doesn't work out. So. It, yeah, it is Joe, and you want to be surrounded by lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, if you'd like to try out, if you want to do the Chicken Joe Bachelor show, you'd like to appear on the No Bullshit News Hour. He's giving out conies instead we'll, of roses. We'll bring three women in here, and Joe can... Ask some questions and, you know. That take should a, be fun. Should that would that? be fun. I haven't asked Joe, but all right, go to my, go to my Facebook. Uh, what is my Facebook? Charlie LaDuff. Or go to my Twitter. I think Charlie LaDuff. I think it's Charlie LaDuff. <laughs> and if you'd like to, you know, I see a be pattern. on the show, maybe maybe go out uh, on, a, on a day with Joe, see if it works out. Hit me up. He's Include got 300 bucks and some new glasses. Include a picture and why you want to go out with Joe. Do that again, Karen. Include your photo, a real photo of you, not of what you like to look like, uh, <laughs> and why you want to go out with Joe. Why, why do you want to go out with Joe? Why, why is Joe appealing to you? And we tape Fridays about 1 o'clock, so you have to be available. No bullshit. Yep. 
That'd be fun. That would be fun. All right, we're going to do that. He's going to have new glasses. And don't forget, a dead grandpa suit. <laughs> it's been dry clean. <laughs> but I digress. Listen, grow your assets. From pension planning to college savings plans, your politicians are depending on you. That's Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. Call Luke. Security and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned, and other entities in our marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. All right, that's, uh, that's pretty good right there. So, um, we got Marion on the phone? I'm here. Hey, sweetie, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Look, I, this is, ladies and gentlemen, from across the planet that listen to this show, uh, if you don't mind, Mary, let me just, I love you. Nope. And, and, um, I love you too. <laughs> and it's weeks like, like this past one where, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I get, I get fucking surly. So, uh, Marion Fontana yeah. was president of the 9-11 Widows and Victims Association way back in the day in 2001. Yeah. I happened to meet her when they're going to close her husband. Dave, Dave died in 9-11 with, what was it, Marion? 343 firefighters? 343, and there were 12 in his firehouse, yeah. Half the firehouse, thousands of other people. Uh, undocumented immigrants. We don't even. A guy named Umberto. We don't even know if it's mm-hmm. his real name. He just gone. I went there, and there was Marion in all of her pain, in Park Slope, Brooklyn, trying to keep the firehouse from being shut down. And Dave was the only guy in the firehouse that lived in the neighborhood. A very artistic couple, you two. A five-year-old son yeah. named Aiden. Your wedding anniversary that day, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was our eighth wedding oh. anniversary. And Marion was yeah. like, hell no, um, we're not closing it. Uh, can I say, I, maybe I think more of you and our relationship than you to me, and that's fair, but I... No, not I remember not partnering up, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck no. You got the New York Times behind you, that's me. And yep. off we went. And I would cover yep. Ground Zero, and then I profiled Marion and Dave and his firehouse and her dear five-year-old boy, Aiden. That's right. And then it That's came, right. then all of a sudden, through that, because she, you're going to hear her, she's very articulate, she grows into something, because we were all looking for somebody to rally around, who could lead, and Marion was the leader, and remember Marion, I'll leave it at this, this is the introduction, they took the gold out of there from Deutsche Bank, and then yeah. it wasn't going to be a recovery operation anymore, it was going to be a reclamation, just dig it out and let's go, Remember? Right, I do. Do you remember calling me in tears and saying, what do we do? Wow. Yes, I do. And I remember a lot of things, going to fresh kills where they were bringing everything and, yeah, and watching them sift through it. And, yeah, it was a disturbing time for sure. So Marion got the widows together. Hey, fuck no, you don't fuck with the widows. <laughs> and that stopped. And it became, and it became, you know, a sacred place. Because right. she and everybody with her, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to overdo it, Mary. It became a, and uh, if I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You're talking about fresh yeah. kills now. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it, it was a group effort for sure. I can't take credit for all of it, but it was. You know, a lot of families were upset, and 
we weren't getting a lot of clear information from any of the government officials or any of the people leading at that time. So it was suddenly I became kind of thrust into the role of, of communicating with all the families who wanted to know where their loved ones were and trying to get their loved ones recovered in any form. So, yeah, it was a crazy time, and it was an operation that went on for years. And, I mean, I think my last identification, meaning they notified me that they found some DNA of Dave, was only eight years ago. So it went on for over 12 years. What? You, what they found some yeah. more DNA of them? Yeah, they, I, I got eight notifications in total. And as the, you know, technology improved, they would sift through the material again, and they would find more uh, stuff, which was great for families who had received nothing. They were able to recover, uh, you know, something for them as well. So that was really great for them because the technology improved so they could find more in the material that they still had. So, but Marion, you, you said, know, you, very I'm, I'm sorry, you said for sorry. them it was great because for, you know, they had nothing. What did that mean for no. you with the constant reminder that there's DNA, now there's more DNA several years later? Um, well, it was very painful. So one of the things I was involved in was working with the medical examiners to try to formulate a plan because, because it was an unprecedented situation. Their protocol was to send a cop to the door of the family member who, when they found something, which obviously was ludicrous in this situation where parts were being found, you know, small parts, and they would send a cop, and it was hard on the on the family, it was hard on the police officer. So we formulated a, um, a form for family members to fill out saying, do you want to wait for the entire recovery to be over and have one notification? Would you like to be notified every time? Oh, Would you like not to be notified at all? Would you like your funeral director to be the only one? And so I actually chose my funeral director to just alleviate any pain for my family and myself. And, yeah, he would call. And and then the crazy part was that I had to have it cremated. It didn't matter how small legal rules in New York City is you have to pay for a cremation. So eight times I cremate, had a Dave cremated, you know, whatever tiny part there was. Can, um, so. can, can I ask you this, Mary? Because what I really, yeah, the, I, I I saw arms and heads and hands and yeah. But were, what yeah. really fucked me up was watching mm-hmm. your little boy, Aiden, because yeah. the yeah. very first funeral for Dave, you didn't think mm. it was a couple months later. You didn't think you were going to find him, so no, you had the box. The empty right. box and the salutes and the horses and the bagpipes. Yep. And mm-hmm. that little boy was like John John Kennedy, right? And, <laughs> and then they found him. A little wilder, but yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this banging in the car. <laughs> A little more wriggly, yeah. <laughs> and then they found your husband. And then you yes. had to explain that to the boy. Yeah, on December, I, I remember it because I was in Hawaii with all the, night, the firefighter families. And it was the day after, the day before Pearl Harbor. Um, and so it was this very, I was with all the guys from Squad, my husband's company, and their wives. And very few of us had had notifications at that point. And they contacted me in Hawaii. It was a very generous gift from the Department of Tourism in Hawaii that gave us an entire plane to 
shuttle the families over to Oahu and gave us a break. And it was really nice, you know, for the kids, for the families. And so now I get this notification and that all the guys are like, we better go back and have another funeral. And I said, no, I, I don't want to do that to you guys. They were all just like, I saw them relaxing for the first time since 9-11. And so what we decided to do was go to the Pearl Harbor celebration or memorial. And that was our way of, you know, commemorating Dave being found, but it was, it was very intense. And then when I got back, we had another memorial for, for Dave for the parts recovered that we could bury. And so I was, I felt grateful and a lot of gratitude, but I also felt guilty because a lot of the families, um, most of the families in my firehouse did not have anything recovered. So it was a very mixed emotion that I was having that day. I'm thinking of Aiden. Okay, so that's two, and then you, you took Dave to Ireland. That's three. I think part of his ashes in Queens. Oh, I, yeah. No, I scattered him everywhere. I think my funeral director thought I was nuts. How's your kid so, doing? He's, what, 23 now? He's 23, um, and when people ask me how old he is, I said, he just turned to asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good guy. That's an interesting age. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, he's he's good. He's actually living with my parents at the moment in Staten Island. Oh. Um, yes, and he's a musician, and he works in a music studio, and he's he's great. He's got long hair. He looks like you did when I, I met him. Oh, he's really, really, <laughs> really you. handsome and stuff. Yeah, when I met, he's handsome and has a big braid down his back, just like you did when I met you. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I cut uh, I, I cut all my hair off after that. All the, de- I know, all the I death hanging in it. Because that's <laughs> yeah, when a, a plane flipped upside down and crashed into Rockaway, Queens. Like, what? Yeah, right after. Yeah, six weeks later? Yep. I could. I, I'm yep, a- October. Yep, that was crazy. I know these poor guys. I mean, and that's what's been so upsetting about this last week. Because I just feel like they've just been hammered with so much pain. And that it's just kind of unrelenting. I mean, we're going, we're going on the 18th year now. And... You know, now all the guys who were doing the right thing, being down there, digging for my husband, and gave me the peace of finding him, are now dying themselves. So it's just really kind of an unrelenting, uh, painful event. Let me, let me do so. this for those who, uh, you know, don't know what, what uh, the whole John, John Stewart, who, like, kind of, uh, you've adopted him, and he's adopted you, you know, he's he wants... A fund established through what? Like for the next 70 years for whoever may develop cancer or... Yes, yes, because so, this is going to continue. Go ahead, yeah, Bob, go ahead sure. and just play a little bit of that, Bob, just for the listeners. But damn, Senator, you're not good at this argument thing. Basically, we're saying you love the 9-11 community when they serve your political purposes. But when they're in urgent need... You slow walk, you dither, you use it as a political pawn to get other things you want, and you don't get the job done completely. And your answer to that charge is, yeah, duh. So, he's talking about Senator Mitch McConnell. It got through the House, but it's all bottled up in the Senate. I I think I know where you're at. Everything is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just the protocol now. Yeah, but I mean, look, you know, fuck, we can find money. Mm-hmm. For anything unnecessary shit, tax cuts shit, we run into deficit. Why, why can't we honor the promise? 
Because I think people have, you know, moved forward and, you know, or moved on or whatever you want to call it. And the country is just riddled with thousands of other problems. And I think we're all just kind of overwhelmed with the unrelenting issues. I can't even keep up without my head spinning. I'm like, wait, what did he, what did he do today? (laughs) Well, why don't they just, yeah, look, you know, just do it. Because by the way, they don't. I don't think Trump or his administration have any respect for the fire department. I've been saying that from day one, which is, of course, contentious since all the firemen voted for him. So it's, you know, I've lost a lot of friends over this uh, political divide. And what makes me really sad, as you know, Charlie, you know, the world came, you know, America came together at that time. There was no Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Tea Party. There was none of that. We were all on the same page. And Never was, forget, was, right? Yeah, and it was an amazing feeling. I said, okay, something positive coming out of this tragedy. And I made friends with people I would never have made friends with that were very far right, because who cares when you've lost someone you love or people you love, and the right thing to do is to give these guys money. We can all agree on that. And that's what's unfortunate about this whole, you know, this whole fight is that, you know, John Stewart is left wing. All the men he's working with are right wing, and they're coming together to try to get legislation passed that are, is ethical. And that's what we need to do more of because it's just infuriating to a see these sick guys having to wheel themselves into you know Washington D.C. The way we went down to D.C. all the time in our moment of grief. It doesn't, it's just maddening. It makes you want to pull your hair out. Well, you know, and it's, it's, I don't want to forget the working because I was down there. I sometimes think I'm getting sick. I don't know. Well, civilians get sick too. I mean, there were a lot of people down there. Holy, who do you think pushed, who who pushed the buckets and and raised the cranes and, you know, sifted through this shit? It was civilians. What about them? They're heroes too. I know. Or, you know what? Forget heroes. Heroes are the f- heroes are the that people <laughs> that run into the damn building to pull people out. Right. Well, I you know that word's so contentious in general because you know I think people who work with special needs kids are heroes, and I think people do heroic things That's in their true. lives every day. You know, so I I think that word gets tossed around too easily, and you know, and I I don't know, I'm not a big fan of that because well, I, I think, think everybody has some of that in them. I think our next uh, generation of heroes or our next definition of heroes needs to be Mm -hmm. those elected officials who remove politics from taking care of people. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, how can anybody politicize this in any capacity? I don't care what side of the aisle you're on or if you're under the table or dancing on top of it. I mean, I don't understand where politics plays a role in this discussion or decision at all. It shouldn't. Well, unfortunately, it's been from day one because these men and women died on the most expensive piece of real estate in the world. And so from the get-go, there were politicians calling me up and knocking on my door, and I I didn't even have an interest in politics. So it's been politicized from day one. They continue to politicize it. I mean, Trump announced his candidacy at the museum which made me want to pull my hair out because he took the tax breaks that were meant for small businesses down there and used it to build a tower and got, you know, 
all these kickbacks and taxes, you know, tax breaks for it. And so he's, you know, and he was never around after 9-11. So he's, you know, just one of the many reasons why I find it frustrating that 9-11's just become such a political football for so many. Let me ask you this. Let me just ask mm-hmm. you this and we'll wrap it up and then we'll stay in sure. touch. Okay. Cause yes, absolutely. You know. 2021's coming. You know, your phone's going to go uh, yeah. off the hook. Jesus. <laughs> I was reading an essay by you. A dollar oh, a tear. Oh, really? A dollar a tear. Oh, yes. That's right. And I, just a little quote saying, uh, you know, because at first it was the, the widows, the widowers, the families, you know, they were compensated mm-hmm. for you know, what might constitute uh, your dead one's life's wages, basically trying to make sure you eat. And you right. said, I hated being judged, envied, for being given something I never requested, she says. I just want to ask you, now we're talking about money and compensation and healthcare. Did you ever feel like it was blood money? Oh, yes. I mean, I think I wrote in that same piece, it's like finding out you have stage four cancer and winning the lottery on the same day. I mean, it's very confusing and it's very upsetting and... I never, I'm someone who always earned my own money. I was teaching at the time. I was a waitress. I drove cabs. I I always made my own living, and I never expected anything for free. And so to get money for what felt like blood money was very difficult to wrap my head around. And what I saw it do, essentially, and it's not that I'm ungrateful, I'm very grateful that I have Dave's pension to live on, but what it did is divide a lot of families and a lot of people in a way that I never anticipated and never could possibly anticipate. Because I would want, if your family died in a plane crash, I would want you to be compensated and comfortable and not suffer any more than you already have. And unfortunately, not everybody feels that way. And money, you know, money divides. I don't think it unites. Can you do this why then? Our countries. Yes. What? Real quick. <laughs> And then we'll leave it at yeah. this. I'm going to tell you right now that I love you, and I, you know, I think love fondly. You too, Charlie, thanks for covering all this. It's really important. Yeah, well, you're the queen bee. You are. I mean, and you and you silently. <laughs> I'm really and, not, not. No, well, let me finish. You, you, you did the work at the beginning. You helped establish this fund, and then over the years, you quietly. No, I didn't. I didn't. A little bit. I, yeah, I know you. Hey, I know you did. Uh. I know you did. <laughs> but you've quietly gone back. To your own life, you didn't turn this into anything. You're writing books. No. You know, you, you you do what you do. You lecture. Make a, 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 if you would, if you feel like it, give a statement to, to the senator, Senator McConnell, if he's listening. <sighs> and try to, try to, you know, I don't know do a dignified. <laughs> tell him he needs to do it. It's a podcast. You can swear if you need to. Yeah, I guess you want to call him a motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You're a dick, Mitch McConnell. Stop kissing Trump's ass and do the right thing. That's and that's Staten Island. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Amen. All right, Mary. Thank you for uh, taking the time. Thank you. Thanks, right. guys. And, Thanks, um, Mary. You know, if I lived in Detroit, I would I would date your podcast partner. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, anytime. And by the way, 
Uh, Karen's my podcast partner. I was going to say, I don't know. Ooh, cat fight. Well, the guy who's going to I know, Joe. Well, you know, be, be careful <laughs> about be careful you. about what you say, but you know what? Maybe one day you'd come and join us. I'd love to meet you. I'm extremely touched by your story and your strength. So oh, best you. wishes. Thank you for uh, having to, me. To you yeah, and, and I have your to son. listen. You guys sound great. Thank, well, thank you so you. much for including me. I appreciate it. All right, kid. All right. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh. That's crazy, Charlie. Uh, yeah. That's well, crazy. Just fund it. Yeah, there's so, so much to talk about, but I won't. Okay. It's just, I'll tell you one story, okay? There was a photographer. It's, it's ground zero, day two. It's, it's nine, it's, uh, what is it? Nine, nine thirteen. Ten, nine, twelve. Nine, twelve, day after. Yeah, and everybody's swarming down there, and you got to have a badge, and press is still able to get in there. And I recognize him. He's from a rival paper. He goes, hey, psst, hey, dude, let off, come here. And there's a traffic cone. And he lifts up the cone for me to look. And underneath it is a hand. Oh, God. And he puts the cone back. And I look at him. I go, what the fuck are you doing? What are you, are you waiting for the golden hour of light? Sun setting on that perfectly for you to get the right shot? And you know what? Because there was a lot of ruin porn that came on 9-11. Sure. That fucking thing was in a East Village gallery not what? three months later. That picture. Cone? I don't know oh, who'd even hang that picture. Oh, my God. See, that's not cool. I mean, people, I understand art. I understand politics. I understand journalism. But you do not exploit human struggle, human pain. Human suffering. Just, human suffering. You just don't do that. That's not, that's not what you're supposed to do. So before we, oh we I got, you know, we... we Go to our sponsors again, Construction Services. It's a nice segue. Let me give my respect and my love to the working men and women of this country because, honest to God, what I saw there was the iron workers on the night of 9 11. They went into Brooks Brothers because it was cold as fuck and they took the camel hair trench coats and the fedoras they were wearing that shit. And they're taking torches to the iron. They're looking for people. This shit's molten, right? And they're up on this pile trying to get in there. I'm seeing teamsters get in there. I'm seeing you, you wrote your, your phone number on your arm in marker and your blood type on your other arm in case you fell through and they, and they found you when you were dead so they would know who you were. Thousands of people came to do the work, right? Way more regular people than those wearing the badge. Nobody wearing suits. No. You know, I, I once wrote that, too. I, I forget the zip codes, but there was Long Island, which is 516. There was Queens and Brooklyn, which was 718. I didn't see... I forgot what... I didn't see any Manhattan. Yeah. I didn't see no 202s. Two, I didn't see 212. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. That's the yeah. disconnect, Charlie. Yeah. I'm just telling you, that's the love. And uh, John Stewart can talk for the emergency workers. I love them. They taught me. To, you, you see them close to them. But I got love for the working people. That's where I'm from. This is their fun, too. I, my voice goes like this. I'm a smoker. I'm old. You know what I mean? I drink. I don't know. But sometimes I feel like I'm getting sick. Maybe it's from it. But it's been proven. It has so, been. So fun the shit, you dick. And I got nothing to say about Trump. It's you, McConnell. Fund the shit. Well, and Marion hit on it. No, nobody wants it. Yeah, they, that's, they, that's not they, the kind of money you want. No, nobody wants that money. You'd rather not have it and have it never have happened. Yeah. But it did fucking happen. Yeah. 
and, and you know, need- take care of these people. There are people who are Americans. Take care I'll of I'll pay them. for that. You're damn right. We found lots of money to throw at forever wars. Look, I was on that pile. I want who did this. And not a, the head of the Teamsters. That, you know, like, that's who I covered. Let's go get this fuck. Okay, so we're going to go to Afghanistan. And now we're in Axis of Evilville. We're in Iraq. We're, what are we doing? What are we? And again, we're calling on the working people to go do that. Could go do it, exactly. And, we well, ne- and, and now we're throwing stones at Iran. The Maybe they're doing? throwing them back. I don't know. Yeah. History will tell. But before, hey, watch. Uh, now I'm going to get into it. That's maybe next week we're talking about Iran. But at least Trump took his finger off the trigger. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Thank goodness. Reasonable so far. We'll see. We'll see. Um, ADR Consultants, uh, Barry Ellen Tuck, the proprietor of ADR, from, from uh, why are you doing money for this? ADR Consultants. I saw. Because <laughs> he saves you money. He saves his money. He's a good Jersey guy. He's from Jersey. ADR Consultants providing full business construction management and IT consulting services for your country, uh, your company, sorry, your, and your country, municipality, and law enforcement agency. <clears throat> ADR experienced overseeing more than $250 million in private and public construction projects since 2001. You need to reduce costs. You need to re-engineer processes or find better vendors. ADR has saved clients millions. ADR consultants are experts in procurement, compliance, and minority participation. Honest, ethical, smart. Call Barry Ellen Tuck at 248-318-9424 for a consultation. Get the job done right on time, on budget. ADR consultants, 248-318-9424. Barry Ellen Tuck. A thinking, working man. Get the job done. Hall Financial. David Hall took a chance on my brother Drew Lane and his Drew and Mike podcast a couple years ago. And that's led to many of Drew's listeners saving money on their mortgages and refinancing. Now Hall Financial's putting his efforts, Expertise. his dough, <laughs> his support, <laughs> his support behind the no bullshit news hour. So thanks, David. Hall Financial offers lower rates, better options, and that personal attention you want when talking about your home. The average refi takes 44 days. Everybody's moving now. Everybody's moving. The market's moving. Know that Hall Financial averages 19 days. 19. Do the math. That's half the time. Get it done now. You know, if you're really thinking about it, call Hall. Tell them LaDuff sent you, or Dumas, or Shadowbauer, or Joey the Mannequin. Open. Oh, he smiled. Or Chicken Joe. Chicken, Chicken Joe. Joe. Listen, if you're going to move, move now. Email dhall at, uh, email dhall at hallfg.com, dhall at hallfg.com to get the paper moving, or call 248-308-5000, or maybe you just want to take equity out of your home, or shorten the length of your mortgage, making your moves. The world economy softening. It Make, is. It is. There's no doubt. Make your move. You could be less than three weeks from saving on money you're going to need in the future with Hall Financial. Email dhall at hallfg.com or call 248-308-5000. Tell them you heard on the No BS News. Uh, NMLS number 1467-435. Hall Financial. You won't be disappointed. Woo! And you make some money. I'm telling you, you know, I don't know. That's the name of the game. Went out with that psychiatrist today, the, mm-hmm. the guy that donated to charity. 
He likes the show. I don't know if people like the show, but we're trying to give you the, no bullshit. We're doing best we can. I think people like the show, Charlie. I think people love the show. Um, I mean, I've gone a couple places, um, and, you know, I don't think anybody knows who I am. Uh, but, you know, oh, my God, I love the podcast. You know, Charlie's tell them I love it. You know, I mean, so people are listening. They do like it. And I do they think do. people want to know the truth. I think people have just a, a limited tolerance for the em- entertainment value in news that they get today. They want to know what's going on. And right now they're not getting any uh, clue or inkling of the reality that we're dealing with. You talked about the softening economy. I mean, we don't have the conversations that we need to have, you know, to make people prepared for what's going on. So I do think people uh, appreciate it, uh, and I appreciate being a part of it. Yeah, well, shit. They want to know what the they truth do. is. And what's you know what? On? Remember when we said uh, two weeks ago that uh, we got word there's a seven-figure settlement with Quicken Loan? And it did. Boom. Yeah. Boom. I hear Dan Gilbert's not doing so well. He just uh, got out of the hospital. I know, but... Well, I that's just... what the newspaper said, but, oh, it, really? but I know people in the hospital. I don't think he was there for a while. Yeah. He's, he's re- convalescing, recuperating, rejuvenating someplace else. I mean, I certainly wish him well. Oh, yeah. Um, but, the rea- you know, but the reality from... Uh, I hear he's not, he's not well. He's not well. Oh, listen, I think also from last week, you know, uh, Deborah Reynolds, the missing woman last seen with the serial killer in Detroit, right. D'Angelo... Martin might have found her. I got, I got a time board, Bob. Thanks. Um, I went to a house near the gas station where Ferndale police dropped him back into mm-hmm. Detroit. Right. Talked to the neighbor. Said that shit bag used to stay at that house, that abandoned house. Went in a shooting gallery, needles, petroleum jelly. Wow. Uh, they found a body of a black, middle-aged black woman there in December. Wow. They don't know how she died or, you know, who she is because she was decomposing. But that prayer might have worked. Any dental records? They're doing it now. Okay. So uh, there you go. Again. And here, real quick before we we go to the border. That would be a fourth, right? Well, no, they don't know. Well, they don't know. They don't got them tied to anybody yet. Oh. Do they? No. Now, at least publicly, they say they have DNA, but... We don't know. We don't. I haven't heard it, but we're going to find out if that's Deborah um, Reynolds, the, the missing woman. Right. That's a little sleuthing I did this week, and I got the the footage from the squad car, the Ferndale police, when they're dropping alleged serial killer D'Angelo Martin off. Here, want to play a little bit, Ryan? That's him in the car. What's your first name, D'Angelo? That's the cop. Yeah. Wow. And they dropped him off. Yeah, and her. And her. Right near that red house. So it's the the whole that whole thing. And at some point, it would be great to find out what was is is that protocol. Like, what do you do? What are you following when somebody's clearly that doesn't even sound right? How about the Detroit police? No, it doesn't. Detroit police never followed up with the Ferndale police. Dropping them off after they got a missing persons report. Because an adult, you're not really looking for him, right? You're an adult. You move freely. You got to be. You have to be demented. uh, You have to be a child. They don't go looking. But you know, had you? Well, wasn't there a missing persons report in Ferndale? Yeah, but you. They don't usually look for adults. That should change. We don't got enough cops. I know. To, well, yeah, but I mean, but if somebody 
goes to the length of making a report. That you might just say, okay, well, okay, well, last well, scene right. in Ferndale, yeah, yeah. call Ferndale, right? right. Uh, he was ticketed, last scene with this guy. Yeah, that's an easy lead, seems to me. Now watch this real quick, and then we'll move on. The neighbor at that red house where Shitbag was staying, where they found the body of the woman, said they started smelling stuff in August when she went uh -huh. missing. And it increasingly got worse. Till, so it was so bad in October, he waved the cop down and goes, I think there's a body in there. He goes, call us, the cop said to the neighbor, call us in the winter when it's cold because we have to sit there in that stink and babysit the coroner all day. Oh, my God. So opportunity missed. Wow. Six, six months ago. So you know, like, not enough money. Yeah. When, when John Stewart's telling McConnell, hey, how would you like it if they show up late when you call emergency and they don't bring enough guys? I'm like, we live that every day here. Yeah. Anyway, to the next guy wearing a badge, Chris Cabrera, National Border Patrol Council. You there, Chrissy? I'm here. What up, brother? How's it going, my friend? Well, you've been listening, man. I'm all uptight. But you're a man on the border. You're the no bullshit news hours man on the border. Um, should I set this up, Chris? What the fuck? Look, yeah, you know, it. it it's a... It go just back what you were saying with, with uh, John Stewart. These these congressmen, they and women, they're not doing their job. Um, I'm going to ask I, you I, what they're not doing, but let, let's put this in perspective. We had a record number of people in May come over the border, right? Yeah, we got 130 thousand what apprehensions of people? Yeah, almost 150. I think 149. It's a change. 150 thousand in May alone. Uh huh. Fuck. Wow. Eleven thousand of those are kids. Yeah, and a lot of those kids are being recycled through the system. Oh, 11,000 of those are kids by themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there, there's a lot of kids by themselves. Um, just the other day, uh, a friend of mine sent me a picture. You know him well. Uh, you met him when you were down there last time with the, uh, the guy that? in the jet ski. Yeah, uh, Albert. Oh, Albert, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and they, there's pictures out there. I'm not pictures. He, the, he was out there, and there was a, uh, a four-year-old girl that was in, in a group, but she was alone. Oh, um, bro. You know, we, we see it quite a bit. Seven-year-olds, five-year-olds. Uh, we've even seen uh, kids that, that aren't even walking yet. They're in a, in, a, in, a t in a child carrier in those little car seats that you carry. And uh, the, the smuggler gets tired of carrying it, so he just leaves it there in the woods. The kid. Um, you know, we see that, that quite a bit. And, uh, you know, Congress is, is too busy fighting with each other over, over nonsense. Granted, I guess it's important on some level, but you got to prioritize. And we got uh, kids that, that, are, that are dying out here. we got... Uh, women and men that are getting uh, sexually assaulted out here. Um, we don't have any coverage on the border. Um, there was a couple of days last month where my station, not not my sector, my station alone had over 2,000 in, in, in a 24-hour period. Whoa! Um, yeah, just that. And, you know, people say, wow, El Paso had a record day of 1,000, which is great. I mean, that they're getting attention. But we see that in, a, in the evening shift. You know, it's, it's, and that's just the one station. How how do you deal with that though? Well, that's the thing. I mean, you guys are overwhelmed. We're we're not equipped to. We're we're not equipped. We have very few people in the field. We probably have the same number, if not greater, uh, eluding detection because they're pushing these groups of people turning themselves in, and then on the left and right flank, they're throwing groups at us of, of people that are trying to get away and are getting away because we don't have any manpower out there to stop it. You also, am I, am I correct? You had a record, you're having record numbers of Africans. 
Yes. What about and, and Asians? Well, we were getting we, we get we get them from everywhere. I mean, we had some Romanians the other day. We see a lot of Cubans, which aren't typical in our in our part of the the country. Um, we have uh, uh, people from um, Bangladesh, which is quite common. China, uh, you name it. it, it Everyone knows the gigs area. up, right? Everybody's getting on a yeah. plane and trying. And, and you know, and that's the thing is with the border patrol. We're, we're I mean, we're not set up for this. We're we're set up to. to quickly processed, uh, you know, in a couple hours and send them back. Uh, my station holds 345, uh, as, according to the fire marshal. We got sometimes uh, 1,800 to 2,000 people in there. So what are you doing with them? Well, we're, we're trying to process them as quickly as possible, but what we're doing is we're getting very, very proficient at getting people in and out the door and releasing them into the country. Oh, you joke, dude, it, this is bullshit. This, so mm-hmm. this is, I know what you're going to say about Congress. It's like, if, if you want us to maintain the border you got to put resources is that what you're saying well not even that not even that tell me what All you they need to do they need to get in there and 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 and, and fix this loophole what that, loophole? That, that's the bottom line the, the catch and release you know these people are coming in and and for instance if if you had bank of america down the street for me saying hey anybody that shows up today we're giving them five thousand dollars cash you have a line around the block and that line is gonna stop once they say hey you know what we're out of money sorry doors closed then it stops. Right now, we have that line, but there's no end in sight. They're not coming in and saying, okay, this is what we're going to do to address the asylum issue. We're going to put these asylum officers on the front end or these judges on the front end instead of taking advantage of the fact that the wait is four, five, six years long and they can just disappear into the country. But isn't that uh, um, Trump administration's already doing that, right? Re- re- mm. Repatriating, for lack of a better word, the taking the Central Americans and the Mexicans are taking them, and they're waiting for their hearing while being well, in Mexico, right? Well, those are the ones that are coming through the port of entry because they haven't made an entry yet. Ah. But the ones that are coming through the river or the border illegally, that doesn't apply to them. They're not waiting. And they know that. So, hey, Chris, this is Karen. So what's, the, what's, what's your version of saying the money doesn't exist anymore? I mean, what is it that can be said or done that would turn away people who are coming across the river, who are not coming through a legitimate or a validated point of entry. What is it? What's you, you, you have to get the, these immigration uh, asylum officers and the immigration judges are on the back end of this process. And the, the courts are, are logjammed four, five, six years deep. Now, if you're waiting five years or five years and six months, not a big issue, at least, you know, in the grand scheme of things. So bring these asylum officers and these judges either down to where we're at, sit them next to us, or, or teleconference them in. And right away when somebody says, I have a claim of asylum, vet them right there on the spot. Okay, you know what? You have a valid claim. You do not. The ones that may have something, you're in group A. The ones that... Expedite okay, it. Leave it to one, or, right? yeah. leave it okay, to one person to make the decision is what you're saying. Yeah, and, and, and on the front end, not six years later. Okay, watch day. this, Chris. What do you make of this? Okay, so what you're saying is we need a safe third country agreement. Yeah, like we have with Canada. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Because guess what's happening with Canada? Ooh, Canada. Canada. Ladies and gentlemen listening, the United States has a treaty with Canada. Just like here, if a refugee in the United, from a third country, right, non-American, goes to the Canadian port of entry, right, and wants to have refugee status there, America has to take them back, and then the process begins. Just like Chris is saying right now with the Mexicans are now for the first time doing. 
But Canada <laughs> wants to renegotiate it because there's a loophole. And you know what the loophole is? What? If you What's don't that? cross over at the official area and you jump the border, then you're in and you get a hearing and you remain in the country. Just like us with Mexico. Canada wants to renegotiate this because, now get the irony here, Chris, they're having trouble on their southern border. Yeah. Uh-huh. They feel overwhelmed. Trudeau has to back off because he famously said, we'll take everybody. Now it's going to backfire. So why don't we do this, Cabrera? Why don't we have a NAFTA-like uh, conference on immigration? I, I agree, you know, and something needs to be done. And, and instead, and, you know, I know a lot of people have different views of the president and tax returns. So we're and talking about stuff. fucking Trump today. Yeah, Sorry, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, but what I'm getting at here is, you know, Congress can easily fix this problem, but they're, they're, they're prioritizing wrong. You know what? You can get to that in, in, a, in a couple months or whatever, but put, put stuff in order. Put stuff in order. Let's get to the big stuff first, and then we'll trickle down to the other stuff. If they think it's that important, great. But right now, you got a job to do. Get it done. Um, and then they're over here trying to give themselves a raise for what? You haven't done anything. I think, I think they should just shouldn't pay them at all. You know, <laughs> do that job for free. If you really like the job, do it for free. And we'll see how long people stick around. Nobody well, that's, that's does a job they really like for free. Well, then, I don't know. I know our, our, our state legislators, legislators here in Texas get very minimal. I think they get like eighteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 allowance. That's, that's, that's yeah. a paycheck, though. Yeah, but they're like, they convene like every other year or some shit, don't they? Yeah, well, you know what? With our Congress now, when do they convene? You know, they don't do, they don't do shit anyway. Um, and I think, I think that's the problem. Is, and it's not a Republican thing. It's not a Democrat thing. It's it's just it's it's too widespread. They they're like they're like little gangs up there. They're fighting over you know stuff just because so and so said so. Well, that's what I got to say. And and you know what? Now vote your conscience in there. You know, and, and kids are dying down here. Regardless of what side of the immigration you debate on, the, the immigration debate you're on, I think everybody agrees that that kids shouldn't have to be caught up in the middle of this. No so kids should be caught up in the middle of this. What does the implosion of this whole thing look like? I mean, it can't sustain itself at this rate. I mean, what what does the implosion look like? You're looking at it right now. I mean, the people are saying the immigration mm. system is going to break. Oh, it broke. It, it, it's been broke. Wow. Hey, you know, we, have nobody, we, have, we have nobody in the field guarding it. I mean, very few. We, if we're lucky if we're severely under strength because there's some places we don't have anybody. Dude, you got to be cool because the cartel listens to this show. And you're uh, giving away secret information that, yeah. that, that the cartel already knows. Well, my name yeah, is I'll get, him, I'll get internal affairs <laughs> calling me in here pretty soon. Well, you know what's fucked up to me, Chris, is like it's supposed to be slow season now because the temperature yeah. went way up. They're not supposed yep. to be 100,000, 200,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, like May, it's it's died. It's June, it, oh, no go. July, oh, fuck no. But that's not the way it's yeah, trending. It's, it's that's 125 be, out there. Yeah, it's supposed to be, uh, you know, everybody is... Uh, is done till the second week of January. This is a slow season. It's supposed to be, but it's not because there's a loophole. They know eventually it's going to close, but right now you got to get while they're getting good. And then they're, boy, they're getting. God bless you, man. Here's our last thing, Chris. Uh, you know, thanks. We're going to, you know, stay in touch with you. Uh, next week's news today Trump, uh, you know, is letting it be known that uh, there are going to be mass immigration arrests. Mm-hmm. Potentially the removal of millions of illegal aliens starting next week, maybe. Kid, look, I know you support the guy because you know he's tough on the border and and all that. Do can we do we have any room anywhere in this country to hold like a hundred thousand abuelas and abuelos? 
You know, that's the way I see it. Is is old people, people that that don't, you know, I, I and this is just my views. This is not the council or the patrol or anybody. If you got folks that are in here working hard, doing the right thing, no criminal history, you come in. Hey, you know what? You're here illegally. Pay your fine. You know, get on get on down the road. But if you got you know criminal history, if you got all kinds of you know just a shit record. But we got enough of those homegrown people. We don't need to import anymore. You know, and if you've been here for 20 years or 30 years and I have roots in the community, well, why didn't you start the process before you got caught? But, 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 you know, wait, go ahead. What do you think we should do with the people who have been here 20, 30 years and they've never been a problem? You know, you, you think we got should toss them or leave them alone? Personally, and yes, again, like just I said, not to use it, you know, they'll get upset about it. But I think if you've been here, you've never had any problems, pay your fines like anything but uh, uh, somebody who was trying to do it the legal way. Get up to par on that, and go on, go on about your business. Goddamn, been here that long. Yeah. I vote for you, dude, because that's reasonable. But, but, but the but, shitheads, but right? That, yeah, but people that have seven or eight DUIs or, or crimes against children, anything, anything, any like felony, parking tickets, yeah, you know, parking tickets, yeah, not enough. Forget parking, tickets. but you know, but you know, even domestic abuse, even misdemeanor. Hey, you got to go. But we need. I agree. Built on hardworking people, but people who was well, also built on laws. Follow the law. Let's go. I agree, dude. And you know what else? I think, you know, like, if you've been issued deported or you've been deported and you're re-entered and it was a violent felony, you got 10 years, you got 10 years, 10 years solid in the new immigration prisons we're going to build. You put, you put a thousand guys in there and the message is going to get sent. Either that or we get, yeah, you want to give us one of your criminals, we'll give you one of ours. (laughs) One for one swap. No, we got we got enough shitheads in the country. We don't need to bring any more. That's, that's something else I'm tired of we people saying. We need hard America always has a place for a hard worker. I forgot what I was going to ask. Well, and if I, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, if they've been here for a long time and haven't been a problem, let them stay. Okay, that's what America's about. Okay, We're so, about okay super liberal. The, the super conservative guy on the phone does the work. He made the gesture of this. Leave him alone. And you agree with that? I completely agree with that. Do you that. agree with his estimation of what needs to go on the border that is broken and you got to stem that flow? Well, you do. And I, I think part of the way you, you, you change that is you, you know, you increase your foreign aid to countries like the Guatemala so the people don't have the incentive to leave. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's... That's not going to get it. We already do that. The, the, the oligarchy steals it. So, well, do you, you know, uh, real quick, Charlie, let me get in on this. You know what I think is if we send so much money to Guatemala, say nice round number, uh, uh, you know, 500 million, and we get every Guatemalan that comes in costs us X amount of dollars, deduct that from the foreign aid and say, hey, you know, here's at the end of the year, hey, here's your 73 bucks. We had to deduct everything that your folks cost us. That's not going uh, to happen. It doesn't mean anything to the poor guy. You well, start right, people in their pocketbook, they, they start to think about it. But the oligarchy steals it before they get it. You guys are, are well, they, but they veering into the cockamamie. The oligarchy is going to steal it. You guys are veering into the cockamamie. What we really need is a holistic <laughs> approach from the government about you repatriate the people that are apprehended that came from your side. Boom, 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 boom. And, and you know, the only way it can work is if if we, 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 we stop the flow first, once we stop the flow and we secure it, then we can start figuring out what to do once people are inside. But you have to stop that flow with anything. If you have your, your, your sinks overflowing, you got to turn off the water. You're not just going to start mopping because it's going to continue to flow. Are you so getting to the, the build the wall thing? 
Yeah, not just build. I mean, that's not that's not the answer to everything. It's it's part of the toolbox, but you know, part of it is is the manpower, the infrastructure, the technology. Um, there's a lot to go along changing the laws. If people think these laws are racist, well, change the law. You have the ability as a congressman or woman to change the law instead of just yelling race. To me, that's just an argument where you're out of you're out of ideas. So you're just going to throw, oh, it's racist. Well, it's your law. You know, I, I don't make the law. I just enforce what you tell me to. So. You know, once we seal it, once we stop the flow or at least get it manageable, then we can deal with what's inside now. Well, that's the question. I just want quickly, Chris, how are you briefed on, you know, because we, from our perspective, things change. The president may say something one day. It's different. How are you briefed on, you know, changes that are being proposed and changes that are being implemented as it relates to your job? You know, they don't give us any information. Well, they they, they give us very it's very sporadic, but we don't get anything until it's done because they know and we know if it's proposed, it's probably not going to happen. So we just, we just hold off until it's a done deal. And they say, Hey, this is, this is what is not what's going to be. This is what is. And, and this is what you go do. They don't want to get your hopes up. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Hey, Cabrera. Yes, sir. Your job sucks. Yeah, but it's, it's like being a kid again. I'm like, it's like I'm playing hide and go seek, but I'm always it. it it's, it's a good job. <laughs> Would you do it for free? Oh, uh, you know what? You know what? I don't know if I'd do it for free, but I, I probably would do it for far less. Well, we won't let anybody hear well, that either. Oh, now I got a solution I have, I have a family, to get more technology, more foreign aid. We take it from the no, border patrol agents. No, no, no. no. I was just trying <laughs> to get a level of you know his love and commitment based on our earlier conversation. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, 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 I can I can tell you I can tell you real quick. Um, I've had offers to go to other agencies. I've had offers to marshals. I've had offers to, to various agencies, and I've turned them down because I love this job. You said you were going to come up here because, you know, we're on the border as well. I would love to go up there, but I don't think my wife would like the winters too much. Yeah, but she can't like the summers down there. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, summer down here is, is, is hot. But winter up, like winter down here, winter for us is like 45 degrees. That's <laughs> you know? cold. <laughs> that that that's the height of our summer. I know that's what it is today. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, thanks for that update, man. And uh, you know, keep in touch. Let me hey, let, let us know. What's thank, happening. thank you guys for having me. I'm a big fan of you guys' show. And anything you ever need from me, either on air or off, you you give me a holler and I'll I'll get it to you. And Karen doesn't believe me. I said Chris is like you're his favorite. He thinks you're really smart. Isn't that true? Chris? I, I, I yeah. I, I know the first time we we talked. Um, I don't know if you really kind of thought I was full of crap or what. But I, I, I had a great time talking with you. I mean, because you, you, you see things from a different perspective, and, and that's the beauty of it. Well, I that's appreciate the Everybody sees things, and, and to have an intelligent conversation, that's what it's all about. Well, I appreciate and, that. And that's when, why I'm here, because Charlie and I have a balance, you know. So I, I really well, and, appreciate and that. And, and, and we're fans of yours, as too, Chris, so it's, it's mutual. Well, I appreciate that. And next time Charlie comes down, I'll make him bring you along, and I'll, I'll show you down here the, the river and, and the good food spots. All right. That's a deal. deal. We'll do that. I was in Guatemala not too long ago. I went over from Belize. So, you know, and that was very interesting to go just through that yeah. that whole process. So, yeah, we'll do that. I appreciate that, Chris. Let's, let's give a little right. shout-out, Chris. What's what's the name of that cantina right there on the border next to the wall in McAllen there? It's tucked in the back there. Uh, it's called uh, Joe's. Joe's something. or I can't remember the name of it. Remember that yeah, place, Bob? Yeah. yeah, I remember that place. Oh, that's, that, that place that is late. Place. Oh, that place is tight, and yeah. you, you can't find that. No. Yeah. It's, that's it's local. A, it's, it's a date. 
There you okay. go, Chris. It's we'll, a day. We'll see you guys. We'll All right, brother. All right, thanks, All right. Chris. Be careful. Man. Thank you. Bye-bye. And Bye-bye. speaking of seeing, that's just amazing. <laughs> These LASIK is one of the safest surgeries <laughs> in all of medicine and has changed the lives of millions of people by allowing them to get 20-20 vision or better without the hassle and poor performance of glass and contacts. It's about freedom and lifestyle. And Dr. Yaldo, our loyal Red Shovel Studio sponsor, is the number one LASIK surgeon in Michigan. An incredible 30,000-plus people have trusted their eyes to him. And the majority have actually gotten better results than they'd hoped for. It's because his cat's custom LASIK is the world's most precise. And most patients get better than 20-20 vision called supernormal vision. It only takes a few minutes. It's painless. And you'll get to throw out all those contacts and glasses in the garbage. His multifocal lens implants for people 45 plus frees you forever from your hated reading glasses. Gives you precise far vision and will prevent cataracts from ever forming. You've got nothing to lose by seeing Dr. Yaldo for a free evaluation. Tell him LaDuff and the No BS News Hour sent you, and you'll also save $1,500 or more if that procedure is right for you and if you want it. But come get a checkup. 1 800 398 EYES, 1 800 398 EYES, or go to YaldoEyeCenter.com. Joe is going next Thursday. Is he an optometrist or an ophthalmologist? He's an ophthalmologist. I may need to go. My right eye is like, I can't. Yeah, you're rubbing it today. You keep yes. saying you were going to. Look. I I'm, know. I am, And I'm seeing light, like, out of the, you know. I keep thinking paparazzi is following, but it's not that. Well, let, me like explain, a, let me explain I, Dr. Yaldo to you. He's an ophthalmologist. Mm-hmm. They check your eyes. They, they check for glaucoma. They do, they do everything an eye doctor does. I may go. You, they're, not gonna, they're not hard selling you. You should go. They also have a great boutique of, you know, eye uh, frame or glass frames. To get your prescription. We're going to get Joe looking like Harry Carey. <laughs> you know, Joe can't afford LASIK. That's just how good Yaldo is. Joe doesn't have insurance, but right. Joe needs some new glass. Okay. My, my daughter, they do, mm-hmm. they do uh, pediatrics. Oh, really? Take okay. your children there. They're not doing LASIK on them. Good. But, but this is, you know, in, over the long term, short term, you want LASIK, you want glasses. Okay. Joe's going. Speaking of Joe. Got to get him a Got Jer? Yep. Okay, Joe. Chicken Joe. We sent Chicken Joe to the ethics board hearing of Wayne County Treasurer Eric Sabri accused of hooking up his family, his friends, on people who lost their homes to um, foreclosure. tax foreclosure. Right Now, on the phone is the expert on tax foreclosure and property that I know of in the state of Michigan, Jerry Paffendorf, the CEO of Loveland Technologies. You, you there, Jerry? I'm here. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey Charlie. Hey, Karen. Hey, Jerry. hey, guys. So real quick, Jer, just uh, on the meeting itself, the treasurer's attorney would not provide proof that the treasurer's wife had received a foreclosure notice on one of her income houses? Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of interesting stuff that happened. Just for those who are, are following this, July 10th, it's all going to come to a resolution. So we'll see what happens. The ethics board has been having monthly meetings for the last few months about this issue, seeing if there were any conflicts of interest with how the treasurer, um, his employees and his family were participating in the auction that they run against uh, county rules. So one of the things that happened towards the end, one of the complaints being investigated is whether or not um, the treasurer's wife owned a property that should have been foreclosed on. 
and was not foreclosed on by the office. And the treasurer said that it was a mistake. It wasn't foreclosed on. And so the ethics board is trying to investigate if that's actually the case or if processes are set up in such a way where somebody working in the office might be able to go, hey, we know that person, um, just don't foreclose on their home. And so what they were trying to figure out was apparently there, there were $24,000 in back taxes that were owed on a property that she owned. Um, when Christine McDonald at the Detroit News reached out to the treasurer about this, the next day the taxes on that property were paid. Um, but he said he didn't have any interaction with his wife, that, that she just decided to, to pay it herself. And um, now we'll, the, cut, we'll, cut it, we'll cut it. We'll cut it. short there. The son's also like the uh, alleged straw buyer for another guy. And what's the what's the deed wizard? What's that? Yeah, that's that, that's that's right. So so the, the well, the ethics board asked if they could receive proof that um, his wife had received a, a, a foreclosure notice, and Sabri's attorney um, cut it off that they wouldn't provide that because. Um, they've been providing a lot of documentation already, and at this point, they believe the process is over. So anything that wasn't already asked for um, doesn't need to be provided. They're just tired. And then, and then the other dimension on this, yeah, so they, they're look, trying to look at how um, the treasurer's son participated in the auction over time. Uh, it's, it's known that he has bought properties at the auction. Is this getting much media coverage? Uh I would not yes or no. say a lot. No, I mean, no, Christine McDonald has written some pieces because her articles were the impetus for the, the review for, for the complaint by Warren Evans. So she's been there. She's written a couple short things. Um, Chicken Joe has been following it diligently oh. and adding a lot of charisma to the, uh, the proceedings. Chicken Joe. Um, Look, we, we have a little bit of Chicken Joe here. We have a little bit of chicken, Joe. Uh, let, let's play this, and then you, you give him a grade, all right, Jer? Yep. All right, go, go ahead, bye. Good morning. Good morning. I'm here to... Uh, I know. <laughs> I knew you were going to feed me chicken. <laughs> yeah. I have to that day. Yeah, Sabri was not happy when he saw this chicken. At first he was. He thought, oh, cool, a chicken. Until the chicken chased him through the parking garage. Right. No bullshit news, huh? Right. Mr. Sabri, Antoinette Coleman entered into a payment agreement on her mom's house and her house, and she faithfully made all the payments. I'm going to call. I tell you what, I'm going to have to get somebody lawyer? intervene. I can't well, talk. Well, I'm going to have to go on a five-minute break, Wait, and I have, I have work to do. So this lady lost her house because she made all her payments, and the people at his office applied the payment to the wrong property. So can you make her whole? What can you do to make her whole on this? She made all her payments in full and on time, and the treasurer's office applied the payment to the wrong property, and she lost her house. How is that her fault? Is there any way you guys can make her whole on that? No, don't, don't, don't. Don't do it. Don't go there, Eric. Don't make a mistake. That's just the way. Come on, lawyer's telling Sabrina not to talk Switch to Chicken seats. Joe. Don't make a mistake. Switch seats. Switch seats. Switch seats. Right, Joe's going to peck your eyes out. You won't hear it. Listen, my client is coming to see you. said you didn't feel like you were treated fairly. So I'm just wondering what about this process has been unfair to you. I will not talk to you. Okay, sir. Mr. Sir. Is that Sabrina? Yes, sir. Sabrina. Do you understand that you're with the media? But we do want to conduct this business uh, community. This is not a circus. So even that shouldn't be allowed. That was disrespectful, not just to Mr. Sabri, 
but it was disrespectful to me as a, as a resident. It was disrespectful to all of you who are esteemed members of this board. That's why the media gets a bad name because of stuff like that. Well, then, if there aren't any rules in, in the place, hallway? we need to create those that? rules because know. that was outrageous. What was that? Mr. Thomas, just real briefly. No, listen, what are you I'm saying? Talking, I'm not talking to you. Well, you I, I'll, I'll address What's it. Unfair? I'll address it at the next hearing. Please. At the next hearing? Why can't we know now why you think it was unfair? Leave us alone. Yes. Leave us alone. Get on another elevator. Leave us alone. I mean, you said the hearing was unfair. Joe, why just stirring it up. That's a fair question. Stirring it up. Isn't it? Who are these people? Well, Sabri was the one yammering. And, and his lawyer. Attorney. And his lawyer. His lawyer. I don't know the, who the woman. Now, yeah, that's what I'm interested in. The, the woman is like one of the people, of, sounds like a friend of Sabri's, but one of the people at the hearing. Jerry, were you there for that? No, I think, you know, I was trying to make that all out for the, the phone connection. I, it sounded like it happened during, there was, there was a brief intermission right. towards the, the end of the day. The, the, the meeting went, I might be off by a little bit, but probably like, it was a little over two hours, I think. And um, during this break, I think Joe went into the, the room where Eric Sabri was sitting down with his attorney and asked some questions. And it sounds like it <laughs> led to a little bit of a dust-up. A, a, public, a publicly here. owned room. I know it's, it's, right, it's right next to the, the hearing room. Yeah. Report, report, it's actually the reporter's room. It's not a conference room. Okay. And so they're getting okay. bent out of shape because Joe's asking the questions. The media should be asking. Joe is the media. Do you hear him? He's the he's the cock no. of the walk, Jerry. What do you what do you, what, what grade do you give him? No, it's 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 interesting. You're right. There could there could have been more press there other than Joe and Christine. But I, I I'm asking about the, Joe, Jerry. The uh, wait, what was the question there about Joe, Charlie? Sorry, give give him a the, grade, man. Give him for tenacity, for clarity, for you know, a, a grade haberdashery. I, well, you know, you know how different school systems, like if you go to like, uh, you know, there's like a, not a homeschool, but a different school setup, they don't always use the A through F scale. They, yeah. they grade on different kinds of special talents. Yes. I, I think that that would be the, the scale that, that Joe is on, um, you know, would, 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 get a, would get a marvelous um, for, uh, for his total commitment and, um, and, and engagement and, and, and presence that he, that he has there. So it's, it's a special scale. I, I, I would give him an A in general, but yeah. It, 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 Joe, it, Joe's it, always it, been on a special scale. Takes yeah, a special bus well, to school. I mean, well, what's what's great about Joe as a presence is 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 the um, sort of the delightful cognitive dissonance from seeing someone in the ridiculous suit whose face is so serious and who's so it's and who's so fearless. Uh, so so. Um, you know, people do obviously do the double take where they're like, wait a minute, do we have a totally crazy person here? Or does like, does a restaurant have a sale? You know, <laughs> what, 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 what's happening? But, well, um, you know, the people uh, deserve answers, Jerry. And, you know, you, you ran some numbers for me. And sure. let's not even let's not do the ancient history of this tsunami of foreclosures on people. Today, right now in Detroit, right now, today, 14,000 families, 14,000 families are in jeopardy of losing their homes to tax foreclosure alone, correct? Yeah, you've got to count in the, um, 
the, the properties that are on payment plans that haven't paid off everything they need to yet, um, in addition to the properties that haven't just paid anything. I hate that the numbers get so complicated in these different categories and striations, mm. especially when the treasurer's office isn't clear on who they're actually going to foreclose on or not. There's, it's so opaque. So there are all these families, you know, the 14,000, the thousands that are at, at risk. And by the time it gets to the auction in September, they'll probably winnow that down to a smaller number. Yeah. Um, so it, that's what makes it hard to say because there's, there's really no formal process to it at this point. Where it's, they, it's a they, huge they problem. I, I think so. Because no, nobody right now really cares about this aspect of it, which is how is this actually being conducted? All right. Like, All right. Let's, gonna, let's, let's keep it short. Look, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. No, let's do this. It's opaque. The public's not aware of it. Lots of people have been harmed by it, and the point of talking about the treasurer is it appears as though family and friends are profiting from it when they're not supposed to be. Yes? That's correct. Yeah, not being foreclosed, potentially having special access to information, um, being able to make decisions over what goes into the auction or not. Um, And those are all incredibly valid concerns. And what the Ethics Board is hearing is an unfortunately very narrow slice of that, looking at a particular couple of instances that represent much larger trespasses. And the board is trying to get their head around it all going, we understand that there are more things that are going wrong with this, but really what is our mandate? Is it our, our mandate to look at all of that? Or is it our mandate to try to, to pin the tail on these two very narrow donkeys right here where we're being faced with a bunch of stuff about it wasn't me, it was my LLC, okay. it wasn't done consciously, it was done accidentally, and like, what can they resolve knowing their constraints. We're so, going to find out. You'll see Chicken Joe. Thank, thanks for hanging, Jerry. Appreciate it. No, of course. Corey, can, I, can I pitch this for Chicken Joe, though, too? Because I, we had an idea the other night. Keep it tight. When he, when he, when he shows up in the, in, the, in the chicken outfit with his camera and his microphone, I think he might have room to, to market the Chicken Joe uh, transparent reporter animal costume where the suit comes with the camera built in and the microphone built in. And whenever you see the chicken coming, you know this stuff's going to be documented and recorded. I think he, I think he might be able to franchise himself, Charlie. Is what I'm saying. So, <laughs> Joe, keep, keep it, in, keep it in mind, man. We can work on the design. Machine, <laughs> Jerry, Paul's going to trademark that. Jerry's like the, the nutty, the, the nutty professor of this shit. And Joe, I like where your head's at. Joe's like Buddy Love. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks, Jerry. All right, thank you all. all right, thanks, Joe. Bye, Charlie. Bye, Karen. Right, you guys. Bye. Take care. All right, that's uh, any, any last thoughts, guys. Just you know, announcements. Just, no, just it just sometimes feels like the world is unraveling. It's like you know, it's not that complicated to do right. It's not that complicated to be right. To not rip people off. That's what I'm saying. It's just not that complicated. God damn right. God damn right. Well, God damn right. And I would just agree with Karen that I think Joe's doing a phenomenal job. He's getting better. He really is. He is. He's going to trademark that suit and make a ton of money. And yeah. we're going to still be here on the lower level. And, and we're doing coffee cups. <laughs> right. With Joe on the chicken suit. Oh, wait a minute. What did you hold on? I got a little breaking news here. New initiative announced by your favorite Uh-oh. Chief Slippin' Jimmy Craig here. Oh, hold on. It is. Charlie, you got to remember, you, you have to follow the directive of the person that you report to. Oh you do. Goodness. I'm just telling you. So, okay. Go ahead. What Chief is of it? Police's new initiative to stop the summer violence. 
Check yourself. Yeah. That's right. You out there, before you think about doing violence, check yourself. He had a press conference today. Check, check yourself. yourself. Put out the fan, work. a bowl of ice cubes, put on some smooth jazz, and check yourself. Before you think about pulling out that gun, have a cold one. Check yourself. Quality advice. Yeah, okay. All right, Detroit. Listen, America, love you. Try to love one another. And if you can't find that, just remember to check yourself. Jesus, check yourself. Damn it. Okay, man. Let's We're go out. out with this. No white stripes without the gories. Ladies and gentlemen, America's best, uh, Detroit, America's best punk band. The gories out of Detroit, Michigan.